Hello, and welcome back to episode 8, episode 8, I think, of The Daily Fart with me, Taha Tariq. I'm here, I'm back, we are three days in a row, that is new record. Okay, so we're going to keep going, but, uh, so I originally had a, a, a thing planned, but some stuff has happened in the news, and it it's kind of, I ironic and i kind of want to talk about it while it's relevant uh and yeah so we'll dive into it uh essentially um donald j trump president of the united states potus if you will um has con- contracted coronavirus um because of one of his white house aides who flew with him to um uh to the to the presidential debate which we'll kind of talk about as well uh and i'll give some thoughts on that um yeah no it's um it's a mess actually and while i while i talk about this i'm actually gonna pull up um i just wanted to pull up vice's video on the presidential debate just so i can kind of reference this uh uh Yeah. So okay. So here it here it is. Um, so to start though, I wanted to the reason why I want to I want to explain that this is ironic is by first starting with the timeline of uh, of COVID nineteen developments, mainly focused in the U S. I know I live in Canada, but U S. politics and a lot of United States policies and laws affect us in some not laws directly but they do influence a lot um so i think it's it's fair to kind of have discussions about american politics here so um january 9th january 9th um of 2020 uh the world health organization uh announced mysterious coronavirus related pneumonia in wuhan china um in on january 20th they started screening three united states airports for coronavirus and more additional cases were confirmed on january 21st there was the first uh u.s corona coronavirus case january 21st uh Chinese scientist confirms COVID-19 uh, can can transmit between humans. Uh, January 23rd, uh, Wuhan was under full quarantine at that point. Uh, January 31st, World Health Organization issues global health emergency. February 2nd, global air travel is restricted. February 3rd, uh, U.S. declares public health emergency. Uh, a week later, February 10th, uh, China's COVID-19 deaths exceed those of SARS crisis. Now, keep in mind, that's like a month in, a month in, right? A month in. So people people started, I, I remember this because people started taking it seriously right around the middle of February. February 25th, uh, CDC is, uh, uh, COVID-19 is heading towards pandemic. Uh, March 6th to 21st, 
passengers on California cruise ship uh, tested positive uh, for COVID-19. March 11th, who declares uh, COVID-19 a pandemic when that that date um, was pretty much them declaring it a pandemic was when I think the effects were really felt for me in Canada because at that point I was um, quote unquote uh, laid off and I say that because I was laid off because my I work a hourly position last year or I was and um, they reduced my hours to zero for the rest of the semester because I couldn't do my work anymore. Anyway, so so that that date kind of resonates a lot with me because following that date, a lot of decisions were made that did affect a lot of students, a lot of people um, in varying degrees. But I definitely feel that date. Uh, that's when it became a real for me. I uh, sorry to take away from it. March 13th, uh, Trump declares COVID-19 a national emergency. Uh, March 13th, uh, travel ban on non-U.S. citizens traveling from Europe uh, goes into effect. Uh, March 17th, the University of Minnesota begins testing uh, hydroxychloroquine, which was that drug that uh, Trump was pushing early on, which had um, no basis for actually, like it was just uh, untested. And I think it came back that it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't actually effective. Uh, March 17th, uh, CMS temporarily uh, expands use of telehealth. Uh, I, I don't know what that is, but um, I think it's something to do with insurance. I don't know how American health insurance works, uh, but that I think that has something to do with that. Um, March 17th, the administration asked Congress to send Americans direct financial relief. Uh, that's when they were trying to uh, do the the checks that everyone kind of got. Um, we also got a similar thing in Canada, and it was CERB. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't qualify because I was making uh, some sort of income because one of my – because I was working two jobs in, in – my uh during while i was studying and one of those jobs um paid out the rest of my contract unfortunately it was the one that paid less and i didn't actually like i had to dip into savings to continue uh so like i i saw a lot of issues with that but it did benefit a lot of people who lost jobs over the summer and it definitely helped a lot of canadians um so i i see the benefit for some didn't benefit all just, uh, just to be clear of that. Um, uh, March 19th is when California issues uh, statewide stay-at-home order. Uh, March 24th, uh, clinical trials on hold. Innovation stalls. Uh, March 25th, reports find extended shutdowns can delay second wave. Um, March 26th, uh, 26th, Senate passes CARES Act. Uh, which is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. And uh, basically, it's like $2 trillion. And it was a bunch of uh, loans for small businesses, but it ended up being kind of taken advantage by not-so-small businesses. Or, you know, the definition of small business was very loose, let's just say. Um, 
March 30th, FDA authorizes use of hydroxychloroquine. March 31st, uh, COVID-19 can be transmitted through the eye. I remember hearing about that. Uh, April 8th, troubles with the COVID-19 cocktail. Uh, this is, yeah, so this is when Trump said, what do you have to lose? You know, and he said that thing, um, you know, when, when he was like, I'm not telling you to take hydroxychloroquine, but like, if I were you, you know, I'm taking it. So what do you have to lose? And then, um, uh, a bunch of medical professionals came out and said, Hey, don't take the drug because yeah, it can give you irregular heart rhythms if you're like, you know, that's a side effect. Um, and yeah, so it's not harmless, you know, what do you have to lose? Yeah. You could, you know, go from having no problems to having problems. Yeah. Uh, April 16th, uh, gating criteria emerge as a way to reopen the economy. Uh, this was um, back when Trump was trying to reopen things for Easter. And I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, this was uh, quite a thing. April 28th, uh, young, poor, avoid care for COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, uh, one in seven Americans report they would not seek care for fever, dry cough, uh, cost concerns. Uh there were some other drugs that were tested. Uh, May twenty, May twelfth, uh, death toll likely underestimated, uh, and Fauci uh, testified uh, before the U.S. Senate. Um, and at that point, the death toll was eighty, eighty thousand. Uh, or no, he the the estimated death toll was eighty thousand. For for context, right now. America sitting at over 250, uh, I think over 250,000 Americans, uh, that have, that have passed away, unfortunately, um, because they didn't shut down as quickly as they could have, um, May 21st, uh, uh, there was a vaccine deal, uh, May 28th, uh, COVID-19 deaths uh, surpassed the 100,000 mark. Um, and and I'm going to take a I'm going to take a break from the timeline because I know this timeline is kind of going on. And it's going through a lot of dates. But. Um, right. A uh, hundred thousand people is is a lot of people. The population of the school I go to Carleton uh, student population total is 30,000 students. Now, we, if you come to our campus and during a normal year, uh, not all 30,000 students, of course, are coming here, but the amount of students that come here, you kind of get a scale for things. 100,000 people is my hometown. That's a population. That's the entire town gone. And I think with with statistics, and I, and I used to read this back in the, the day, it's easy to lose track of numbers and remembering that each one of those hundred thousand is an individual person with an individual like with people that care about them with with uh you know they might have people that depend on them they might have you know these are these are vulnerable people and from what i heard it wasn't just it was predominantly older adults right seniors but it was 
not exclusive to just older adults. It was immunocompromised people. It was people that had no history of being immunocompromised that were affected and passed away. Or, you know. And and there were people that got it, recovered, and then got it again. So so ultimately, there, there were a lot of different things that come out from this. But it's important to remember when you're reading statistics to really think about the scale of a hundred thousand people and think of them as individuals because it's so easy to say a hundred thousand but it is so hard to say a hundred thousand names a hundred thousand people it is so hard to quantify that um yeah and, and it's, it's it's truly sad and and we you know in canada we've been doing good but as of the time of this recording we projected to go back up to a thousand new cases a day in just my province and that's scary for me because i i live in carlton university like i live on residence in carlton university i'm surrounded by a, a high density of people it's less than like we're at a third capacity or so of what a normal year is, but it is it is still definitely scary to be around a dense population of people, and uh, we take all the precautions we can, like we wear masks and uh, you know I wash my hands every time I enter and leave my room. I hands I have hand sanitizer on me at all times. I try not to eat in public. I kind of come back to my room and and you know know my space is kind of cleaner, and you know, that's, that's just how I kind of take those precautions. But I think, you know, just to, just to kind of take a second, that was May 28th. And we're now in October now, and um, there are over 250,000 dead Americans. And, and that's, we're over, I think, a million, a million people uh, dead because of COVID-19 and I know I know a lot of people that like to argue um, like to argue that uh, yeah so so okay so I know a lot of people will like to argue and they like to say that they'll chalk anything up to a COVID-19 death and that the hospitals are misreporting and so here's here's the thing even if that were the case, I think generally we are underreporting numbers because the amount of people that are potentially not getting tested. I'm in a pretty good environment where we have a nurse on site. We have tests available. Um, when I had a coworker over the summer that thought that they had, uh, symptoms. I got tested and I found my results out in 24 hours, which was very comforting because I could just go in, isolate for, for 24 hours, come out. And that's that. Um, anyway, so, so, so just a, just a, you know, I, I talked about a hundred thousand now, 10 times that 1.03 million people have died worldwide and sorry i know i said 250,000 uh it's 209,000 
209,000 deaths in the United States, which is uh, still an, an astounding number. And, and the, the issue is not that the number of deaths is going down or anything. It's, it's going up. Anyway, to kind of get back on track where I was going, because um, I realized I, I've taken 15 minutes to kind of go through this. Uh, June 10th, uh, U.S. COVID-19 cases reached reach 2 million. Uh, just for scale, um, global cases are now at 34.5 million. Um, and United States is at 7.36 million. So cases have tripled uh, since uh, June 10th. Right. Uh, and... Um, Pretty much, uh, Dr. Fauci um, warns on June 30th, which is the last thing in this in this timeline before we get to kind of the, the point I want to make. Uh, on June 30th, uh, Fauci warns, Dr. Anthony Fauci um, warns that there could be 100,000 cases a day, like new cases a day. This isn't, this isn't just... Um, this isn't just a couple people. This isn't, a, you know, enough people to quantify. I can't even imagine 100,000 people being added to a list of, like, every day. And that's, that's, and I don't know what the case numbers are at, and I don't know how much they're increasing. Um... Yeah, but it's going up. That's ultimately okay. Point is, point is, kind of, kind of ringing this turning around. So Donald Trump and Melania Trump have both tested positive for coronavirus, and the reason why I see a lot of celebration on Twitter, this the reason why I think a lot of people are kind of, it's because it's ironic that he has the virus when earlier in the year. There are recordings. There, you know, there, there is him saying that this is not a big deal and that this is not going to affect anyone. Arguably, it's affecting more people than anyone could have ever imagined. But proper precautions were not taken in that country, and um, definitely were due to the fact that Donald Trump lives to satisfy the markets and the markets have been hit hard and they will continue to get hit the worse this gets the worse the economy tanks and instead of coming up with kind of unique solutions he chose to try to keep things open as long as possible exacerbating the the you know coronavirus and what, what people the people's people getting affected and truly i think that makes him very dangerous I don't hate the guy, right? I I genuinely think that he he wasn't qualified or he wasn't worthy uh, to make decisions on a scale that affects the world. Because U.S. politics, whether we like it or not, the reason why it's a focus in a lot of countries is because it affects everyone. It tr truly does. And um, I hope that's that's kind of made clear. And, and, and if you disagree with that, feel free to tweet me and we can sit down and kind of have a conversation about that. Because I, I think there 
enough examples, but I'd love, I'd love to be, o I, I'm open to hearing um, if it, it, whether I'm wrong or not, because I'm, I'm open to that. That being said, um, I don't think it's appropriate to, to, uh, to wish, you know, the worst on anyone, um, just because of who they are. I, I don't think that we should sacrifice our own morals and our own ourselves and our own like moral codes to to shit on someone i agree it can be frustrating and if someone makes a series of bad calls in a position of power that can affect a lot of lives and there's a lot of death and there's a lot of lives not only not only affected by death but affected by illness and by by jobs and, and job loss and unemployment and there's a lot of issues there's a lot of issues and I'm not saying don't be upset. If you if you are upset for one of those reasons, that is that is you. Uh, I'm just saying that we you know we shouldn't be uh, wishing death on someone, which I've seen a lot of, and 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 it kind of shocked me a little, but it didn't because because there is a very strong hate mob. That being said, um. The U.S. presidential debate was a, a disgrace. Um, I've had more productive debates with my parents, and I historically have uh, <laughs> productive debates with my parents. Point is, is that debate kind of showed me everything I needed to know. It showed me that Joe Biden, and this is my personal opinion here, because it's all politics. Anything this, in this whole thing is all my personal opinion. The um, Joe Biden... Uh, was not as strong i did like some pieces that that were said uh, especially regarding his sons that his defensive hunter was very very well or it was articulated as well as i could hope for um then i think like uh him speaking into the camera was very you know very polite on the other hand donald trump did not approach that debate in a productive presidential respectful he, he didn't come across as someone who cared and i think that was the scariest thing because he didn't come across as someone who wanted to do do good by you he came across as someone who wanted to do good by him uh himself and that and that that should not be the person running uh, the United States of America, that that because because the the effects of that office affect people across the world. Um, yeah, and and that's and that's just this is my opinion, right? You're free to have your own opinion. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you your opinion's wrong. Uh, I will argue my side. And I will listen to you as well. Again, if you want to talk. Hit me up on Twitter. We can get into a phone call and talk about this. That is cool. That being said, um, we are like way over time. I usually try to keep these under 20 minutes. So um, I'm just going to kind of end off by saying um, stay safe. Please, please, please take care of yourself. Stay inside. Uh, wear a mask. Wash your hands. Um, listen to public health authorities. A lot of these people are working... Uh, tirelessly to try to come up with uh, solutions and 
you know, I want to get back to normal just as much as the next guy. And I think we all do. Um, I don't think anyone's happy right now or, you know, truly happy. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave it off there. Um, yeah, and, and if you if you disagree with me, if you think that Donald Trump should should be dead and you want to tweet that at me, I will, will, again, I'm down to have a conversation and I'm down. So so you can go to Twitter at pod uh, brain fart uh, and and tweet at me and stuff and I'll and I'll respond and stuff. So, yeah, anyway, um, so have a good day. We're way overboard. Uh, but yeah, this has been uh, the daily fart. Um, okay, bye.